aunque todo me tortura, sé Nos dejamos hace tiempo, pero se llegó el momento de perder. Tú tenías mucha razón y hago caso al corazón y me muero por volver. Y volver, volver, volver a tus otra vez Llegaría hasta donde estés Y yo sé perder, yo sé perder Quiero volver, volver, Hace tiempo, pero se llegó el momento de perder. Tú tenías mucha razón y hago caso al corazón y me muero por volver. Todos y volver. This is Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, on the air. Tuning you into the Latino literary renaissance in all its splendor. Interviews, teatro, rap, fiction, poetry, memorias, composer spotlights, and more. Always mas. You are tuning in to a multi-platform broadcast of Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say. We'll be focusing on some incredible music coming to town, but of course, we want to acknowledge the tragedy in Uvalde, Texas, and as fellow Texans, our heart goes out to the families who've been involved. And right now we want to recognize this tragedy with, with this moment of silence.
And I do want to add that, of course, we debated whether or not to continue with uh, today's broadcast, which, of course, leads up to subsequent broadcast, as well as the show that we'll be talking about. And we believe deeply that our decades of work in art and community are testament to how different scientific studies have proven that folks that read books are involved in art have empathy for others. And we know that's vital every day. We also know that art and music help people succeed in school. Um, as we talk about this particular incident, we're going to find out or get an idea of what motivated this terrible actions. There's a broken household. There's a record of family trauma, which is in no way, shape, or form an excuse. But I say all that because we know that also art and education lift people's up, lift people's spirits, help people build community. And communities are the ones that can help us through trying times like this, but can also diffuse situations and help direct people to help when they need it or also intervene. So we also want to continue with this decade-long work. And I want to assure folks as well that our team will also be pursuing legislative policies, um, informal policies, and working with elected officials and community leaders to help build our community throughout Texas and any other places that have been afflicted by this as time goes on. And um, I do want to firmly say, too, that we also believe that art plays an important role in the fabric of society, which is vital to all of us. Um, living to our full potential. So on that note, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the programming that we have here. So this is a multi-platform broadcast of Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say. I'm Tony Diaz, the Libre Traficante. Thank you for joining us. We start on social media. You'll be watching the video on fox26houston.com. You'll be listening to the audio with music on 90.1 FM, KPFT, your community station. And of course, we also convene the old-fashioned way in person. So I want to welcome Sarah, who is with the Accordion Kings and Queens concert coming up, which is an important tradition that we're happy to be a part of. And she's going to tell us about the upcoming show, as well as the history of this important, important, I, wanna, I don't want to call it just a concert. It's a festival. It's a community meeting. Sarah, this is not just your regular show, is it? No, it's a celebration of an instrument that um, a lot of people around the country and the world don't know enough about, in my opinion. And um, it's an instrument that you probably find in every country in the world, um, which is the accordion. And it's uh, front and center in a lot of Texas music. And um, Texas Folk Life is excited to come back with its 33rd year of this show in Houston. Fantastic. And let, let's give people those basic dates and times. And we'll mention it again because we need folks to put it in their calendar and to let their relatives know. Because I know a lot of folks that always ask me about the date and they missed it when it had to go to virtual. So we're very happy that it's live in person again. So give us give us the facts first. Yes. Yeah, so first and foremost, um, this show is coming up in Houston at the legendary Miller Outdoor Theater on Saturday, June 4th. Um, there is no charge as, as all of Miller Outdoor's 
theaters um, productions are open to the public and um, it's from 7 to 10 p.m. that Saturday night. And um, yeah, we're really excited to be not only in person, but back to our summertime slot. Um, we were entirely virtual in 2020. We were hybrid in 2021, but had to move to the fall. And now um, we're also hybrid again. So um, if you're not in the, able to make it to the Houston area, we'll be um, live streaming on Facebook on the Texas Folk Lives page. Fantastic. And I'm I'm looking forward to being uh, one of the MCs that evening, which is going to be a lot of fun. I always enjoy that. I call it the best in-person ethnic studies course in the nation because that's really what it is. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but it's fascinating to see just folks from so many backgrounds enjoying each other's music and culture. And it's a lot of fun. I learn a lot. We learn a lot. And I think it is a example of the best of what Texas and our music can be. Give folks some of the names of the groups that'll be there that night. Yeah, so this year um, we have just another action-packed lineup. Um, again, we're kind of building it back up to um, to the fantastic show we had uh, pre-COVID, which was upwards of five bands <laughs> all going for four or five hours. Um, but we have three hours of action-packed um, Texas um, and regional music. And uh, we have, um, I'll just start from 7 p.m., we have... Um, uh, from New Orleans, actually, a Cajun band, Cameron Dupuy and the Cajun Troubadours. Um, Cameron won our Big Squeeze contest last year, so he's an up-and-coming um, performer. Um, and then Zydeco with RJ and Creole Smooth. Um, he was also a Big Squeeze winner back in 2014. Um, and then closing out the night are, is Houston's own Las Phoenix, um, an all-female um, uh, sister um, Que lo vi, porque en su mirada me perdí. 
organization has developed different ways to cultivate talent, showcase talent, and create new audiences. So tell folks a little bit about what it means to be uh, some of your winners that you've identified in the past, what that entails, what some of the categories are, and how they keep coming back. So um, I know we're going to kind of flash back into the history of According Kings and Queens, uh, which started in 1990, but um, another program of Texas Folklifes, which is a statewide nonprofit organization, um, is called the Big Squeeze Accordion Contest, and that started in 2007. And I've been honored to be a part of that program since the beginning of it. And um, so that is a um, now sort of regional um, program and a search for the next generation of Accordion Kings and Queens. Um, so whereas uh, Accordion Kings and Queens is um, a presentation of the best um, players of this music, um, the Big Squeeze is, again, kind of, kind of a talent search, but really a community engagement program to um, reach out to this traditional music of Texas. And we've now gone over into Louisiana is uh, why you see some winners from from there. Um, and so uh, another exciting addition back into the program this year will be a couple of the winners of the young people. And then, um, as I mentioned, some of the lineup is former winners. So we're doing what we um, promised in finding the next um, generation. And these um, these young people are starting their own bands and have been at it for a while now. That That's really cool. And I, I don't want people to take for granted what you've broken down because there's a lot of work involved, but there's also reward. And let's dive into some of the work, but also dive into some of the rewards because the show is packed. So if you've never been to the Accordion Kings and Queens concert, you're missing out. It is free. You can hang out on the hill. Maybe you'll get tickets and come in on the covered side of the Miller Outdoor Theater. The sound system is really impeccable. But I imagine some of these young artists, especially, this is the first time they've performed for thousands of people because. If you've gone, you know you got to get there early because <laughs> it gets packed. Thousands of people show up, but this might be the first time some of these folks perform in front of that many people. Is that the case? And why is that a big deal? Yeah, I mean, especially 
for sure the the young um, winners, um, this year's winners, were going to be kicking off the show with a 10-year-old um, girl from Plano, Texas, um, playing some polka music on a, an accordion that's almost as big as she is. And um, I mean, she just performed in the contest um, that we had in Austin for the first time to the public because she started her lessons at the beginning of COVID. So she, all of her engagements have been virtual and that was her first time playing for any live audience, um, which was about 200, 300 people here in Austin. So to jump forward um, and only two or three weeks play for perhaps 2000, something like that is gonna be amazing. And she's, she's taking it on. So, um, and then, you know, again, jumping to some of the, our headliners, which were um, contestants in the program anywhere from one year to 10 years ago, um, they have been performing and touring with their bands, but um, um, we're excited to bring them to Houston to this, this um, great audience at the Miller Outdoor. That's, that's really cool and a really practical way to get your, your performance chops going. Uh, and of course, in a little bit, we're going to talk to RJ. He's a pro, right? So we'll hear a little bit about his experience leading up to this and, and what this means to him and what we can look forward to. But what are some of the other um, benefits too? Because they get recognition, they get exposed to some of the icons in the field and that evening, too, I want people to know they can become members of Texas Folk Life, which is important because then you support the organization. And I hope that you'll break a record for the number of folks that get involved. But they also, too, can take a little bit of Texas Folk Life home with them because they will then be in drawings for fantastic gifts, including some major raffle drawings. So tell folks a little bit about that. Yeah, again, so the, the producing organization of this um, this annual show is called Texas Folklife, um, and I um, am the producer, the production manager of the show um, and representing Texas Folklife and um, have been working with them off and on for many years. Um, they are a statewide nonprofit that works to present and preserve and promote the cultural heritage of Texas through traditional arts, so that's very wide-ranging. and. According Kings and Queens is a is is a great um, taste of what the mission of this organization is, um, and as you said, Tony, um, this night is an, a chance for us to raise awareness and to raise some funds. Um, we don't charge; nobody charges for the show, so we try to, um, you know, ask for some participation in other ways. And as you mentioned, we have exciting raffles. Um, we'll have some really cool merchandise for sale um, and some perks with membership um, if you'd like to become an um, annual member. Um, and back to your question about the big squeeze, um, kind of segueing from fundraising into um, the perks that the big squeeze winners get. Um, we have many sponsors um, that uh, help both the big squeeze and accordion kings and queens. And one of our longtime sponsors that I wanna give a shout out to is Honer Accordions. Um, and so along with um, performance opportunities and um, actually a cash prize and some other things with the Big Squeeze contest, they each get a, a brand new Honer accordion. So um, 
that's that's great. And um, our raffle prize is the Honer accordion. So um, whether you've never picked up or touched an accordion in your life, you can get some raffle tickets <laughs> and, and give it a go. And th they're beautiful, by the way. I I've been uh, privileged to get to touch a few before they were <laughs> given to that night's lucky winner, but they're beautiful. And uh, shouts out to the the Honor organization for keeping the culture alive, but also supporting different nonprofits. And uh, in a little bit, we're going to bring RJ in, but I want to give one last plug to donating. So, of course, if you can show up that evening, hopefully you'll buy some raffle tickets. Hopefully you'll become a member of Texas Folk Life. And, of course, I want to give a shout-out to our listeners on KPFT, Houston's Community Station. We, too, are listener-funded. So if you can budget a donation, we appreciate it if you go to kpft.org and make a donation in the name of Nuestra Palabra, Latino Writers Having Their Say, or our sister show, Latino Politics and News, because we've got a lot of folks going above and beyond the call of duty to keep art alive. Girl, you know, I love you so.
J and as you do, tell folks exactly the date and time for the next big show as we get our team. Thanks, Tony. Um, so we're here talking about Accordion Kings and Queens, which is a one night um, concert slash festival of um, amazing accordion music from a variety of genres. And um, we'll ha be having none other than Tony Diaz as our MC. But also I'm excited <laughs> to welcome um, on, on the show with us tonight, um, RJ, uh, AKA Randall Jackson. <laughs> um, Good morning, everybody. Welcome from Lafayette, Welcome. correct? Is that where you're tuning in from? Yeah, well, yeah, Lafayette. I'm actually in the uh, in the one of the party rooms. My, I'm at Sky Zone. I got a four year old little girl. I got a four year old daughter. So I'm sitting here through the window watching a play while I'm on. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that duty. That's awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes, sir. I'm glad to be on here with y'all. So I had to get out the country. I actually reside in Church Point, uh, Louisiana now, uh, where I live in Church Point, Louisiana. There's a lot of accordion players that live there and that play Zydeco as well as Cajun music where I live. So it's pretty cool living back there in the country, you know, in Creole country, so to say, in Louisiana and all these accordion players. You know, sometimes we get together, you got some fiddle players live down the street. So we get together and cook and play some old time music and have a good time like that so ride some horses you know it's just pass a good time you know that's what zodical music is about that's exciting you, you know yes, what a little a little later um we're going to talk about this i guess we can start now is that I, when when i have the privilege of hosting i always think of the according kings and queens concert as the best ethnic studies class in the nation because we get to see so many different cultures enjoying each other's cultures um right. and, you know and of course you know uh, tejano music conjunto music is all in love with the accordion um tell us a little about the influence of the accordion um you know it, where you grew up and and what gave it that presence and why is it so important i actually grew up in uh east texas uh but still we grew up i grew up listening to uh zydeco music uh so the uh Zydeco music was was brought was started by the Creoles of, of Southwest Louisiana. Uh, then it merged into Texas. Uh, you got you know, which Texas is a hot spot for Zydeco music. So it was always accordion music. Well, I take that back. Zydeco originally started out as a jure, and a lot of the Creole people that were you know, some were enslaved, some were free people, Jean de Coulin, free people of color. So some of them, they would sing and, and they would sing and uh, clap and sing with their feet. But then when the uh, Irish settlers came into Southwest Louisiana, they brought the accordion. And then a lot of the slaves, a lot of the Creole slaves or even free people of the color, when they would play, uh, they a lot of, you know, they, they took a hold to the accordion. But before that, you know, there's been a lot of studies. There was accordion players that are accordion players that live in the Caribbean. There's, there are African accordion players and stuff like that. So uh, we've been, there's been a lot of study. There was probably African, uh, there was probably accordion players that came here, you know, via during the slave trade. There were accordion players that were on the ship. So uh, the, how Zydeco came about, you know, with the Jures and, you know, a lot of those songs were in French, you know, French, you know, the French owned everything, you know, in the Louisiana Purchase. So they brought their uh, the the language that we speak, which actually I speak French, but 
I don't speak, you know, uh, the French. I, actually, I, actually, I do. I speak, you know, the standardized French. Okay, but I really, I'm, I'm a Creole French speaker, you know. So that's the influence in the music also, you know. It's it's, uh, it's accordion-driven. Uh, most of the Zydeco, well, most of the old Zydeco was sung in Creole French. I still try to sing in, in French most of the time, you know, just to hold on to the old school roots and stuff like that. So, uh, and then you got Cajun influence, which is Cajun music is actually old. Cajun music is actually old Creole music. A lot of the our Cajun uh, brothers and sisters are neighbors. Uh, Cajuns weren't playing accordion. Cajuns were only playing guitar and fiddle. It was the Creoles of color. You know, uh, it was the Creoles of color. The Creole slaves were the ones that brought the accordion tradition to Louisiana. We, were, we are the ones that birthed this accordion tradition. Then the Cajuns came along and started playing accordion. And then they turned and they came on to the old school Creole music. And then they just called it Cajun, which is now the Zydeco musicians. We just digress Zydeco. We add the bass and the guitar and synthesizers, add a little R&B reggae. And, you know, make it real fun. Yeah, that's the thing about Zydeco. You can add all those Different little influences in the in Zydeco, and that's what makes it fun. That makes that's what makes it stand out. I so. love to hear that because I so you know I, I'm into this history, uh, especially mm -hmm. from folks that have lived it. But I don't want people to get scared. They're going to be like, "Oh my God, am I going to a college class?" It's a lot of fun. It's a party. It's a party. It's a party, and everybody's dancing and. What I love is later on, you can kind of unpack all that and you see all the links, you know? And also, you see the connections. See, even though you're Latino, you know, I'm, I'm Creole, or in Spanish, Creole. <laughs> so you, you can see, you can see, you can see the connections with mm -hmm. the Creoles in Southwest Louisiana, even though we speak Creole French, and you see the mm -hmm. connections with the, with the Hispanics. You know, because a lot of us, believe it or not, so a lot of us share the same bloodlines and lineage backgrounds, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. You know, because you have a lot of Creoles in Louisiana that have uh, Spanish last names, like Buzu Chavez. He was one of the pioneers of Zydeco. Wow. His last name is, 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 is Chavez or Chavez, you know. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, it's all, if we all connected, you know, especially living in Louisiana, South Louisiana. Mm -hmm. And some parts of Texas, we're really just north of the Caribbean when you look at it. Mm -hmm. the, the whole Gulf Coast, we're still a part of the Caribbean culture. Mm -hmm. There's the Latinos, we're, we're all connected. I mm -hmm. tell people all the time, Latinos, they, they're just some Native Americans. They speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and what I love, too, is, and right now, I mean, this is fun. So I, I really wish that everybody could have a great day in school like we're having right like, like oh, yeah, yeah. if every class was like this you'd have to push people out of class you'd be like no you gotta leave class <laughs> you know? but but i also want to remind folks when your foot starts tapping and you can't help yourself but dance <laughs> and you may not have heard that exact song before there's something else at work that's calling to us. And I think that's what's beautiful about these traditions that that are uh, unleashed quickly. But it's a whole lot of fun to go through, uh, you know, and, and find those similarities. Um, yeah, it is. It is. 
you know, and I and I lived in Dallas for a little while. That's actually where I had participated in some of the contests when I moved to Dallas. And you know, I was like, I was like, man, do, do they play Zodico in Dallas? I hear accordions, but that's that don't sound <laughs> Zodico. But I had some friends, you know, some I had some Latino friends. We still talk to this day after years, and uh, they lived down the street from me. And they played Tejano and Kahuto music, and, uh, and I would be playing Zodico, my bluesy type stuff. They be like. Man, that's cool, man. Show me that. I was like, man, y'all show me how y'all play. Y'all play real, real fast, but we play fast. But y'all play real, real fast. Show me how y'all play that fast. <laughs> and it was always cool to sit down with these accordion players and I would come around. and say, he played the Zydeco, Zydeco. I said, yeah, man, Zydeco. I said, but y'all, man, I, you know, I, I love other accordion players. I love watching other accordion players and just dig into their accordion. You know, it's just real fun.
Wow. And you know what, RJ? I think one of these days, maybe in the future, we got to have just a, maybe a symposium or a lecture or just a talk where we bring in just you know a few people to talk about that. Because I do want to bring up one other thing. And I'll resist talking about the 20 things that you're inspiring. When you mentioned, when you mentioned the different versions of French, it's the same thing with the Spanish, where you have your your Mexican Americans who speak, you know, Spanglish or you know, uh, words that are not officially in the Spanish dictionary of Europe. <laughs> exactly. It, you know? Exactly. That's that's the Native American influence in, in the in the languages. You know, uh, just like uh, I live in I live in Church Point. But you know, if you as you go back in between the different parishes and the different neighborhoods around Lafayette, Brobridge, mm -hmm. Cecilia, Opelousas, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, there's got to be at least twenty different dialects of Creole alone. Wow! Like I, li I live in Lafayette, and I've heard, I've heard people say I'm going to the store like five different ways. Some <laughs> people say Mop Cootie out of Grocery. Some people say Mosu Gone a la Boutique. There's so many ways. It's, there are so many different variations of Creole and French around here. It's, it, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, it's crazy. You know, and that's what's cool. And it's hitting. A lot of people, it's hitting. When people come to South Louisiana, they're like, are y'all American? I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> they just, they just, a lot of them just didn't grow up talking English like, you know, everybody else's culture here. That's what makes it different. You know, mm -hmm. that's what makes it different, you know. So uh, I try to hold on to that. I hang around a lot of elders that, you know, uh, a lot of middle-aged elders that live here in this area that, that still speak French and Creole. You know, a lot of them is their first language. Wow. You know, it was a lot. At one time, it didn't matter if you was black, white, or mixed. Everybody in Southwest Louisiana spoke French. Everybody. Everybody. It don't matter if you, it didn't matter who you was. Everybody spoke French at one time. And that was less that was less than a hundred years ago. Wow. Everybody so and they even have Louisiana Spanish. Wow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. they, yeah there's some there's some people they live, they live mostly towards New Orleans. They call the Mayanos people. Wow. They were Spanish settlers. They were Spanish settlers that settled in Louisiana and they still speak Spanish, but it's they call it Louisiana Spanish. Wow. And uh, it's a little different than you know the Tex Mex, but that's their <laughs> dialect, you know. Some of it is mixed in with some of the Native American languages and stuff, you know, especially then you have like the Homer people that live in Homer, Louisiana, the Homer Indians. They mix some of their Native American language in with the French. And then if you go back towards Elton, Louisiana, which is towards Lake Charles, which is before you cross over to go to Beaumont and Houston, uh, Elton, Louisiana is actually where Zydeco artist Bojac was from. Wow. Well, Jacques was about seven feet tall. He was a, he was a famous Zydeco artist, but he was really Native American. You know, you got people, you got different kind of Creoles here in Louisiana also. You got some people that call themselves Black Creoles. You call it, some people call themselves French Creoles. Then you got some people that call themselves Creole Indians because mm. you got some Creoles that got more Native American backgrounds and they call themselves Creole Indians. So just like the Cushada Indians that live in Elton, Louisiana, they speak French, but they mix in the the the, the, uh, the native tongue, which is Muscogean. Hmm. Uh, Muscogean is their their native tongue, so they mix in Muscogean with French, which is crazy. It was a girl in my French class, French class at UL, which I'm a, um, I'm about to enroll back in school actually to finish my bachelor's uh, major in music minor in French. 
Oh, this girl was in my class. Uh, she was highly beautiful. Lord have mercy. <laughs> but her, her mom was Creole and her dad was, was a full-blooded Kashadi Indian. And we was talking French. And I was like, what are you what are you saying? She was like, well, I'm from Elton. I speak Muscogee and French. So they mix them together. And I was blown away. I was like, wow, that's cool. So uh, I, actually, I actually go around the, the communities in southwest Louisiana and I sit down with some of the, you know, some of the elders because mm. everybody talks different and I just sit and speak with them, you know, because I just want to, you know, you know, some people, you know, even you got some people that live in Lafayette and you got some people that live in Bro Bridge and they're less than 10 miles apart. And they talk totally different. They can tell, oh, you from Bro Bridge, you talk French like you from Bro Bridge. <laughs> They say, Rupal Kasey, Shat. They say, oh, yeah, that's that. Or they might say, oh, you talk like them church point people. Or you talk like, you talk French like you from Lake Charles. They just know everybody got their own wow. little speech, which is cool, you know. You know, and, you know, and it's, and uh, it's not about race, but you have a lot of people that are, that are identified as African-American that are really Creoles, you know, they're, they, mm -hmm. they, 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 they identify them as uh, African-American, but they don't identify as that. They said, we'd rather be called Creoles because that's our culture. Even though we was born and raised in Louisiana, we, we do everything. We we more French. Even a lot of words they say, even a lot of them that speak more English now, they still say a lot of words that's in French, but they don't realize it because they so used to it, you know, which is cool. And I, my daughter, she's four, and uh, I, let, I, let her, uh, I let her older lady watch her sometimes. You know, and she speaks number Creole to my, I speak Creole to my daughter in the house, you know. Oh, that's and great. That's how we to the roots. And she's actually attending a French immersion school. And that's oh, real common. Wow. Around here. That's real common around here in Lafayette and all these parishes down here in Southwest Louisiana, because French was at one time it was banned. And one time because there was so many people talking French. So a lot of children were punished because they, didn't, they couldn't speak English. But after a while, they saw it was a danger. They saw it was a danger to the culture. So they started bringing French back in the schools. So now they got French emergency schools in Lafayette Parish, St. Landry Parish, which is Mopalooses, Lake Charles. So it's a lot of kids now that are in French emergency schools. Wow. So you can tell, like when I go out to bars and stuff or when I go play somewhere, you can tell some of those that have been in French emergency schools because they conversate in English, then they go to French. Then they go back to English. <laughs> then they go back to <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I, lo I love it. That Tony, this reminds me of the debate that has happened for years um, over the term world music, too, because um, that was coined as like a genre, but looking outward of anything except what is in our United States. And my argument has always been that the term world music is okay if you see all of this music as world music too. Um, mm -hmm. you know, now they're just trying to start a new term for the genre, but really it's not the term that's the problem. It's the way yeah. it was a person yeah. is always looking to the outside, but um, right. this is world music that we're presenting. The they, they try to categorize something else when you just leave it as it all. That's where it belongs by itself. <laughs> just, just call it Zydeco. You don't have to put it in the world music or this and that, it's exotical music, you know. But I started, you know, even though people get exotical mixed up now, but I kind of result back to calling my music Creole music. Mm. I'm sticking more to the roots, so that's why I call my man RJ and Creole Smooth, 
you know, but I still play Zydeco and my Zydeco artist, but I just, I just, I just, I, I keep it Creole for a, run, for, for a couple of reasons. One of them being because of the culture. Second, mm-hmm. because of the language. Third, because of the people and the way of life. Baby, I'll be your it mean to you to be part of the um according kings and queens concert then because it's going to be a wonderful show you bring this legacy work to the stage um what does this signify for you in your career what it means to me you know uh of course say i've been uh, you know you know what shout out to miss sarah shout out to miss sarah she's still hanging in there when i first got in this competition some years back she was there and she's still doing a good job, and I appreciate you there for Miss. I, I really appreciate that, Miss Sarah. Uh, you, you sticking with it, and you know, it's this is a good thing. I just have to say that it's an honor for me. I don't need any thanks or anything with this job. It's just working with people like RJ um, and all the artists you'll see on June fourth. Um, I mean, he he. I I don't come at this from ethnomusicology. I came into this from being a music lover myself. I've been listening to Zydeco and Conjunto since I was a little kid and um, arts administration and things like that. But um, he can, 
he can say it all <laughs> because he's lived it and he's studied it. So um, it's just an honor to to work with people that are uh, amazing performers and um, can teach people from outside that culture um, everything about it too. Love it. Well, do me a favor. I'm about to give a shout out to all my team members. Give a shout out to all your team members because y'all been putting the work for a long time. Oh, thank you so much. Um, we have uh, the director of Texas Folklife is Charlie Lockwood, who's also been um, at this for a long time. And um, um, joining our team uh, in Houston will be Maya Williams-Britton. She does all the social media marketing. Um, she'll be running the merch table, you name it, uh, there on June 4th. Um, and we have uh, a lot of other people behind the scenes here. Um, we're based in Austin, but we work all over the state. Fantastic. And on the Nuestra Palabra side, I want to give a shout out to Roxana Guzman, who is our multi-platform producer, does a lot of our graphics, especially for our social media video portion. And then Rodrigo Bravo, who is our brilliant sound engineer and really makes us sound silky smooth for FM broadcast. And then Liana Lopez and Brian Pajas, who are co-hosts Emeritus, and Lupe Mendez as well, who is now Texas Poet Laureate as well as Mark Anthony Pignone does our graphics. So we appreciate all those team members because they help get this together. And kind of like you're saying, Sarah, the, the, the legacy work is when someone's career has been touched and changed. So I think we do want to get RJ back on to, to say goodbye. Do me a favor, give the dates and times one more time, uh, Sarah, so we know people can, can make sure to tell their neighbors about the... We're talking about Accordion Kings and Queens, produced by Texas Folklife, which will be Saturday, June 4th, uh, Miller Outdoor Theater in Houston, Texas. Um, we have one of our amazing uh, band leaders here, RJ and Creole Smooth. Um, we have Asian music. Uh, hopefully, back to what RJ was saying, you're going to hear um, the segue of how this accordion um, has been moving all around the state of Texas, Louisiana, down into Mexico um, <laughs> with blurring our borders here. Um, and so you'll hear some Norteño music from Las Phoenix as well. Um, they're, they're awesome as well. Okay, RJ, you know what? There's someone tuning in right now that's like, okay, this sounds like a bunch of college professors. Am I going to have fun at that party, okay. Tell them how we're gonna party. Tell them, tell them how you're gonna throw them, RJ. Get them to go. Let me tell you something. If if you ain't never been to a, a zodico dance, if you never, let me say, if you've never been to a zodico dance in Houston or Louisiana, and this just gonna knock you off your feet. You're gonna you're gonna dance every song. You're gonna dance. Even the slow songs, I'm going to make you dance. I might make you cry. <laughs> I'm, I'm <crying. laughs> I might make you cry, you know. But uh, you, you're going to have a good time. You're going to pass a good time. There's going to be nothing but good vibes. You know, all kind of people coming together. And you know what? With all the stuff that's going on in this world, uh, with all the stuff, you know, prayers for uh, Uval, uh, mm -hmm. down. I don't know if I said it right, but prayers for Uval and stuff like that and people in New York. You know, uh, musicians. What 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 they need to realize? What I'm what I'm learning about myself as a musician. Uh, musicians are the healers of this of this world. We're the healers of the land. We're the ones that can get through people through our music. That's how powerful music is. And now, accordion is something different. It's it's something different. 
So uh, yeah, yeah. So y'all come on, put your dancing shoes on. We're gonna pass a good time. We're gonna we're gonna do some Latino, we're gonna do some Creole, we're gonna do some folk, we're gonna enjoy all of them. This is one of the only shows, I believe, one of only maybe two shows a year at Miller Outdoor Theater that they turn the orchestra pit into a dance floor too. So we're ready, (laughs) we're ready to go back to that and oh yeah. They 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 have to, they're gonna have to, we're gonna pass a good time. (laughs) (laughs) fantastic well thank you both for joining us on the show looking forward to to hanging out in person and we hope that folks can come celebrate our art culture community together because only art can save us thank you both looking forward to the next according kings and queens show hey this is nuestra palabra latino writers have to say on the i'm tony diaz on behalf of all the libertaficantes nuestra palabra thanks for tuning in thank you both all righty see y'all later see you soon See y'all at the show. Que no se pare, que no se pare, que no se pare la fiesta. Que no se acabe, que no se acabe, síganle hasta que amanezca. Que no se pare, que no se pare, que no se pare la fiesta. Que no se acabe, que no se acabe, síganle hasta que amanezca. Les mandamos un mensaje por Twitter a la plebada. Que vamos a tener party. Que no se acabe, que no se acabe, sígale hasta que amanezca Ya llegaron los muchachos, trajeron mucha cerveza Está sonando la banda y la cosa se puso buena Invité a muchas amigas, puras viejas alteradas Andan todas bien prendidas, les encanta la pachanga Y aquí va para todas las viejas alteradas Así suena y suena la peli Que no se para, que no se para.